the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's supposed to snow like you know what uh, this afternoon, so... Bundle up, get ready, uh, get all your shopping done in the morning, and take it from there. In the meantime, let's just start out with a couple quotes. Get uh, a couple of these I really like. This is from Mark Twain, Samuel uh, Clemens. Suppose you were an idiot, and suppose you were a member of Congress. Yeah, but I repeat myself. <laughs> uh, the right to agree with others is not a problem in any society. It is the right that dis- to disagree that is crucial. Anne Rand. Boy, <laughs> we need a little bit of that now. Um, failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And Henry Ford failed some, several times, by the way. It is the true nature of mankind to learn from mistakes, not from examples. I don't remember who said that. And then Steve Covey. Uh, don't argue for other people's weaknesses don't argue for your own when you make a mistake admit it correct it and learn from it immediately talked a lot about mistakes here so all right so uh you know we always talk about our web page so you go to uh you know well you can go two places go to whk 1420 am their their web page hit go to podcasts and it, local podcasts and just go down to tim hayes and you can get to my web page right there or you can go to bing or google and you just hit uh, Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. Okay, you can always tell it's me because under my picture it says buy low, sell high. A lot of good stuff on that. Each week we have a market week wrap up. And by the way, I send that to a lot of people. I send that to about 300, 400 people now. Um, and if you'd like to get that, it gives you a wrap up. You can read it. Uh, all the, also the daily technical analysis, uh, which is I think is a, is is good stuff. So. Um, and and there's some stuff on cybersecurity, which is is really really helpful. Uh, you know, I have some lists that you can grab, and I highly recommend these. Uh, we are having a problem with my bond list, and uh, actually, I don't really want to buy bonds right now. I'll tell you the truth. So that's that's what that's the big problem with it. Uh, I, I'm not really been talking about the prime income list too, because uh, the real estate investment trusts and the utilities are uh, about a twelve percent premium to where they normally are to the market. So there's a few of those on that list, and when people, you know, they buy these and they get hammered, then they call me and say, "Hey, this is a terrible list." Well, if you buy things right, it's not a terrible list, but you know that if you just get the list and you don't use my help, I can't help you, right? So there we go. Uh, the dividend growth portfolio uh, is, I, you know, I've been talking about that for a long time, but we do have our 2019 top ideas, and I highly recommend that. We have a new newsletter for February. And it talks about hidden gems. I won't even tell you what that is. Tax scams to, to watch out for. And know your mutual funds and your ETFs because a lot of people invest in these things and they don't know what's in them. <laughs> uh, hard to believe, but that's the way it is. And we do have our updates uh, from our Technology, Internet, Media, and Telecommunications Conference. I, I have been shipping out day two because that's my favorite one. That's the one that's got the 10 potential surprise, uh, surprises in the Internet stocks. Uh, for 2019, but the best ideas for 2019, the dividend growth portfolio, the uh, technology, internet, media, and telecommunications uh, conference is good stuff, man, and it's good, good stuff. Uh, I'd recommend the prime income list, but I think we got to let the utilities back off a little bit and that type of thing. Uh, bonds are pretty, you know, uh, bond stocks, everything are pretty overbought short term, so uh, there we go. Uh, you can get any of those, by the way, by hitting the contact me or the email me or this, you know, in this modern age, <laughs> you can call me at 
888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. All right, so the total number of electric vehicles on global roads surpassed 3 million in 2018. That's a 50% increase over 2016. You know what bugs me about that is that from what I've read, that creates more pollution at power plants than if we went to natural gas. We probably have 400, 500 years of natural gas. Bakken, Montana burns more natural gas off in a month than New York City uses in a year. Just burn it off because they don't have any place to store it. By the way, there's a company out there. Uh, I own a little bit of it. I'm not telling you who it is. That knows how to turn natural gas into liquid. Uh, they haven't done it on a big basis yet, but they're doing it on a small basis. If that occurs, Russia's out of business, by the way. In 2018, 8.1 million over-the-air TV antennas will be delivered to retailers. Uh, that's up 2% from last year and 8% over 2016. Uh, furthermore, uh, Nielsen estimates that 13.8% of the U.S. homes depend on antennas to get their TVs. That's up 10%. Uh, U.S. customers drove off in 212,000 brand new spanking new station wagons last year. That's 29% more than they did five years earlier. Uh, the station wagon. Ah, uh, boy, I'm, you know. Don't uh, I remember going to the beach and everything? My my mom had that town and country uh, station wagon. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's an old say. There's an old joke behind that, but some people might not take it away. So I'll I'll just keep my mouth shut. Anyway, um, producer uh, producer prices this uh, month declined for the second month in 2018, and basically ending the year tied for the largest annual increases in prices in, since 2011. Uh, if you strip out the energy sector, which fell like 5.4% in December and declined 2.7% for the whole year, producer prices saw an annual increase since uh, their switch to the new calculation method back in 2009. Um, what's interesting is the Commodity Research Bureau Index went nowhere, and that's really interesting. So, hey, uh, February is Financial Aid Awareness Month. So uh, if your kids are going to college, uh Boy, there are so many scholarships that are uh, are not taken every year. I mean, it's in the billions and billions of dollars, and kids pay the full tuition when they, you know, if they apply for some of these, they get them. I uh, I, I know, I, I just counseled. Uh, I, I got a I got a family, and they're a great great family, but they got five kids, and they, you know, they're all smart kids, so they they want to go to school, and they, they've got you know what they want to do down. Uh, and so what, what I had him do was search the internet and, and the oldest one, it goes, you know, I think he's going to a sophomore, junior year next year, uh, came up with like $18,000 in, in, uh, scholarships just by applying to him. Uh, and he had to give the, you know, the qualifications and the, and the second one who's just going to school next year, uh, he's, he's applying for every scholarship and get he can find. And, uh, I think he's already got quite a bit of money under it. So Good way. Uh, they're, they're out there, folks, and you wouldn't believe how few people search that. It's unbelievable. You know, um, everybody's talking about 5G. I'm talking about 5G, as you know, uh, and it's coming. One of the problems with 5G is that, you know, when you have a light wave, the government agencies can tap into it whenever they want. There is now a super secure way of hiding everything from the government. They're using it right now in the Holland Tunnel, and they're using it also in the uh, uh, in the channel. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's what I know and what you got to find out. <laughs> but there are no public companies yet. There's no public companies yet. But there are going to be uh, some companies that get bought very I, – I, I understand a few are getting going to get bought very quickly here by some big companies – and believe me, uh, under 5G, it is coming. Okay, and half the half the telecom stocks, half of the uh, all the cable stocks are way behind on buying the equipment. So uh, if some of these companies do, we you know we could uh, it could be th- things could be going quick. So I've been looking at the chart of gold, and boy, I tell you, that's a beautiful looking chart, and it's this huge triangle pattern dating back. Uh, to oh boy let me see i just lost it <laughs> hold on a second oh here it is uh it, it dates back to the high back in uh, october of 2011 
when uh, and I'm looking at GLD now. Okay, I'm not looking at actual you know uh, gold, the continuous gold contract. But GLD, you know, topped out about 192, and uh, so what we have is this huge triangle pattern dating back to to that 2011 date. And and by the way, that's really when the Commodity Research Bureau index got killed. And so we're making a series of higher lows and a series of lower lows. So if we break 100 and let's say 127 uh, on the GLD, uh, it's a huge breakout to the north. Now, if we, on the other hand, if we break you know 110, it'd be a huge breakout to the to the uh, south. Now, look, I, I look at some other factors involved in the charts, and I would suggest that the charts look like um, you could easily see a, a pretty big breakout coming. Uh, you know, so that's just a guess. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's something to think about. Um, now, <laughs> nine years ago, nine years ago, I don't think it was a little more than that. Uh, this is 2019 now, so it was 2003. Some crazy guy on this radio said that the U.S. had more oil than Saudi Arabia. And boy, did I get some interesting emails. I mean, people told me I was nuts. I didn't know what I was talking about. They didn't know where Bakken, Montana was. All right. So uh, in Bloomberg, the headline yesterday, Friday, America's journey to preeminence in the global oil trade is about to hit another milestone. Propelled by the shale oil boom, the U.S. is already producing more crude than either Russia or Saudi Arabia, who until recently vied for the top spot. By mid-year, America will get one better. U.S. could soon pump more crude oil than Saudi could at their peak. (laughs) So there we just I had to bring that up because uh, it caused so much grief back then. You you all thought I was nuts, which, uh, you know, my my wife says that occasionally. But so anyway, let's get back to gold. So the gold Dow ratio uh, or the Dow gold ratio, I should say, uh, broke out. uh, Just in October of 2018, that was partly due to the fact that the you know the market went down, okay, so uh, you know that's something to to think about. But uh, it's still it's the, it's the first time we broke the downtrend line in a long, long time. Uh, also, uh, you know, if you look at the troy ounces of gold, the dollar price, you know, uh, from two thousand till now, we've gone from basically about three hundred to to twelve hundred. But we're you know we're still down from the 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 big number uh, way back when. So. Uh, now, a couple other things. Lori Calcivina, uh had a, a great uh, report this week, and she talked about, uh, you know, she thinks she's very favorable in a 12-month view of the markets. And she's looking at, you know, the estimates. Uh, she looks, she thinks about a 5.7% estimate and, and all that good stuff. She's still talking value versus growth. And if you look at that, that chart, the chart, uh, you know, if we draw a straight line, and that's relative performance, value is, is way down. It's back where it was back in 1999. Actually, lower than that. Uh, so it should be interesting to see what happens in the very near future. So, hey, we'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, remember, hit go to WHK, 1420 AM. And if you hit the local podcast, you can hear the whole show without getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Uh, I think they, they they download the podcast either on Monday or Tuesday of, of the next week. And, uh, and like I say every week, you know, if you, you need a nap, <laughs> download me. Anyway, I was looking at the Fed dot, uh, dot plot. You know, which is what they call from the December meeting. And it, it, it was interesting. Uh, you know, one of the big uh, hawks was uh, our favorite Fed chairman from the city of Cleveland. And and she really did a bit, a bit of an about face this week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But like I said, uh, Lori Calcivina says to overweight consumer staples, healthcare, energy, and financials. Uh, she can market weight utilities, real estate, uh, materials, industrials, and underweight consumer discretionary and information technology. So she's still looking for that value move. Okay, uh, remember we we talked last week where the bullish percent turned up. It's at thirty now. Uh, 
So it w- I wouldn't be surprised since it, it went from 14 to 30 in, in a week uh, that you'd probably see, you know, uh, you know, it's probably the bottom. But we, we'll probably come back and, and, and test that again. Now, uh, one of the things I want to talk about was one, why are people talking about value? Well, if you look, you know, when you have a sell-off, it's, it's the first 30 days out of that sell-off or at the end of the sell-off that you got to watch, right? So the, the groups with the best performing, you know, top 30-day performance are gaming, precious metals, building, auto and part, autos and parts, protection safety, metal non-ferrous, oil service, forest and paper products, chemicals, and restaurants. Those are all value stocks, folks. So, uh, you know, those are names. I mean, I, there's one name in the chemical group that I love. There's a couple in the oil service that I absolutely love. Gaming I own a lot of, uh, and I, I sh- you know, I, I've owned it for a while. Precious metals I haven't known for, you know, I, I always have a 5% precious metal uh, scenario in everybody's uh, uh, account, but um, uh, for the most part, anyway, I haven't been buying it lately, so I, I'll probably have to get up and buy it if it breaks that 125 mer- uh, barrier, but I do have a very strong sector buying list, which, uh, you know, I've got names that, uh, you know, we haven't talked about for a while, long time. Uh, we did see the percent of all equity funds go from 94 all the way down into 50s. That's uh, kind of interesting. And then um, what we saw, the, the, the quickest directional move uh, was in, in fixed income. And some of the names that uh, went up, but the direction's the wrong way, are large cap, small cap, and mid cap growth. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and then finally, the money market proxy uh, got down to 35% or 34%. So you should only have 34% cash. The advanced decline line, now I got to talk about this because it, it made a, a what a move up. And when it makes this type of move, you know, it's gone from a completely oversold area uh, at 30 to a completely overbought area at 72. And there have been nine times in history when this has occurred. And what's interesting, in those nine times, the average return over the the next 12 months is around 15 16%. So uh, don't get too bearish. We've been saying that for a while now. Uh, You know, if you would have bought, nobody believed me when I said buy stocks in between the holidays, right? And uh, I, I talked about it again. And you know what's really interesting? I was looking at, you know, the 60s, the 80s, and now the 2015s and on. And the chart patterns are so similar. So I think what we just had was if, you know, 1962, we had the Kennedy crash where we had Bay of Pigs and then we had the, uh, uh, the, the missile crisis. And then in 87, we had the Black Monday. Well, this was the Powell knockout, if you will. So uh, it's a kind of like a midlife crisis for the, uh, the, the bull market. Uh, so look, we had a, a wall of worry come up here. We had the, the Democrats gain, you know, in the House, the Powell and automatic pilot, uh, uh, Apple pre-announces earnings, hit, you know, bombs were hitting the tape left and right and the, the five and three year curl, uh, curve inv- inverted. So that's kind of interesting. So, but these are mostly bear traps uh, in, in bull markets, so just remember that. A couple other things. The AAII poll, the the, uh, the bulls are at 28%. Uh, the bears are at 52 uh, So what we, we have is a minus 29 or 28 uh, thing on that. That's kind of interesting. So um, anyway, a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, look, there's some risks out there. You know, some the risks are, you know, we have some debt crisis or something like that, you know, uh, that could come in up. We have uh, earnings growth accelerate badly. Uh, the House majority control change could be a problem. You know, the third year of a presidential term is not as good as everybody thinks. Yield curves are still positively slow, but if that, that were to turn, that would be a problem. Um, so, you know, we get a lot of things going. And uh, now Tom Lee is still saying overweight technology and uh, cyclicals. Uh, and Lori Calcivina is saying, hey, you know, look to to uh, value. But this is the longest period of underperformance by value in history. And it's it's the first time the value is not performing better than growth. So we'll see what happens. Now, um, some other things we've seen. Uh, the secular back backdrop to the market, I, th- I still think, looks great. 
Uh, we've got all sorts of cash still on the sidelines. $11 trillion, I think, is in money markets. We have $7 trillion that left the stock market, went to the bond market. And it's yielding like 2.5%, you know, 2.8%. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, the, nobody's bullish. <laughs> Every time we have a, you know, a, a correction, everybody gets bearish very, very quickly. But they never really went to a 50% bulls. We haven't had 50% bulls in, in five years. Okay, so everybody's still bare. So there's good stuff out there. Balance sheets of companies and balance sheets of consumers are the best they've been in 35 years. That's kind of good. So so I think we're well, – look, I talked about the four-year cycle, and uh, I talked about this for most of last year. And I think the, the four-year cycle got pushed up to the, the three-and-a-half-year cycle, Okay. So instead of 2009 worrying about 2019, you know, 2018 was the problem. And uh, that happens sometimes. Uh, I was aware of it. I just wasn't aware of how bad it was going to get in the, in the fourth quarter. But this happened in 1987, too. And it happened in 1962, too. Okay, so we're following the pattern of other bear markets. So what we should have is a couple good years, maybe one more sell-off. And then, remember, that's when the money was really, really made, the last 10 years of the bull market. Uh and so there we go. So look, I'm seeing some evidence in the in the international markets of some bottoming. Uh, I also noticed that we stopped right at the 200 week moving average, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the the 10 year bond y- yields have peaked, probably you know in a secular downtrend at this point. Uh, I think rates trade trade sideways for a while, you know, uh, n- not going crazy or anything like that. But you know, look, the average return off a four year cycle, just so you know is about 65% over the ensuing four-year cycle. It's been 100% four times. So over the last 150 years, we've had three three or four times where we've had 100% gain in a four-year period. So 65% is not bad either. Uh, I'm seeing all sorts of stuff in the financials, uh, You know, a couple names that I own a lot of. The industrials, there's a couple, three names that look great. Technology, I'm seeing a, a, a lot of names in the 5G space. And healthcare, I'm seeing a lot of good biotechs. And I'm also seeing some in the in the semiconductor area that look good. So, uh, you know, we have this four-year cycle, and, and I think it's we've, we've hit it. But the other thing we got to look at is if we look at the, uh, the weekly momentum the, uh, and the RSI and that type of thing, uh, they're very overbought right now. So something to think about. And uh, like I said, uh, once again, gold is right at its downtrend line. So a big breakout would, I mean, it's a very beautiful chart, by the way. And what we're seeing is the relative performance is starting to pick up versus the S&P 500. So that's a good thing, too. Uh, You know, some things I'm seeing right now is I looked at the, the software index, and that still looks fantastic. Technology, the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is kind of challenging or breaking its long-term uptrend. So I, I think, you know, maybe Lori's right on the, uh, on that. I am seeing, uh, consumer discretionary, the relative performance is improving. So that's good. Uh, medical devices is, looks great, but they it look, looks like short-term. They just need to come back a little bit. Um, healthcare, like I said, the, the healthcare index. Now what I'm talking about is the, the big HMOs and that type of thing. They've had a great relative performance. They've just turned over a little bit. Uh, we are starting to see the XAU, which is uh, the gold stock index, starting to look a little bit better. And same with, uh, you know, oil and that type of stuff. So we're seeing, uh, you know, some very um, interesting stuff going on. Now, look, everybody's asking about oil. And, uh, you know, I, I had uh, 175 phone calls about gold. That's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, the dollar could be the key here. And let's talk about that a little bit. The dollar, you know, look, everybody wants their currency to be the reserve currency. Uh, and Russia and China, I guarantee, are shorting the dollar as best they possibly can. They don't want the dollar to have the reserve currency uh, notice anymore. And so the short-term indicators are looking kind of oversold at this point, but uh, the longer-term indicators are looking like the dollar could, you know, it's peaking a little bit. So if that were to occur, occur uh, you know, if the dollar goes down, commodities go up. And um, that would be a probably a breakout for gold. Uh, that would be a scenario where, uh, you know, oil, which was has been stalling between 45 and 55, uh, might break out and go to 58, 62. Who knows? I don't know. Um, 
look, we have a lot of resistance in the S&P between 2650 and 2713. And, and we've got some things that are some, you know, oscillators that are very, very overbought. So, uh, you don't want to be going out and chasing, uh, anything right this point. We've had nine straight days up. Okay. Uh, and I think you just, you know, be patient. Let them come back to you. Market doesn't go straight up and it doesn't go straight down. It just doesn't work that way. So in the meantime, what, you know, you might want to be doing is getting our best idea list for 2019. I mean, one on there I really, really like right now. Uh, I also, uh, our dividend growth portfolio, I really highly think that's a really, really good idea because I'm going to talk about some things, uh, in, in the last segment of the day. I'm going to tell you that I think that, you know, we could have a, another correction just to make sure. Now, there are some names I really, really like. And if that correction occurs, I'm going to be buying with both hands. And most of them are in the 5G area uh, or or their current leaders. Uh, so any kind of uh, weakness you want to you want to be buying, not selling. OK, it's my opinion. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say something at the end of the show that may shock a few people. <laughs> but it's Tim's opinion, not yours, uh, not RBC's. And I'll, I'll stress that uh, going forward. But remember, uh the four-year cycle came early, so now we don't have to worry about 2019. we got to look forward to 2020, though. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. I'll be right back. This is Tim Hayes. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. Um, if you'd like to get any material... Uh, there's two ways to get to my webpage. One is you go to Google or Bing, hit Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. And there's all sorts of contact me and email me stuff uh, on there. You know, you can always get a hold of me. You can call me. What a novel concept. 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or you can go to WHK's webpage, WHK, 1420 AM, and uh, look at the local podcasts. Go down to Tim Hayes, and it it directs you right to my webpage. So uh, that's another way to do it. And you can get any of this material. But, you know, we have the technology, internet, media, and telecommunications uh, uh, conference information. We have the dividend growth portfolio and the 2019 best ideas list. Uh, now we talk about uh, the bullish percent. And the bullish percent basically guided us through this whole thing. And uh, unfortunately, uh when it broke down at 30, uh, you know, it, it rallied up and then broke down again at 30. Uh, I said, I, you know, it can be very painful to go to nine, which is exactly where we went. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. And, uh, but there were, I think there was some policy mistakes and, um, I think they're making up for them. So it'd be interesting to see what happens on the next uh, move down. But, uh, the, the bullish percent was designed by some guys that were proteges of Charles Dow. And, uh, what, the, what they want to do is be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So this is a chart that goes from zero to a hundred and it's just point and figure charts. And it's number of stocks on buy signals versus sell signals. When you get too many, you know, when you get over 70, that's the red zone. So when, what we found in the past is when you get over 70, that's a high number of companies with on buy signals. Okay. Where their charts look great. When you break from above 70 to below 70, it's a, it's a warning sign. A column of O's is a distribution period. And a column of X's is an accumulation period. And so uh, what you want, you column of O's, you want a defensive team on the field. The column of X's, you want an offensive team on the field. And uh, when you get below 30, which is, we're at 30 right now, uh, you want to get aggressive, okay? Um, and unfortunately, we, we, <laughs> we had nine days, we went from nine to 30. Uh, and we were up another 5% last week. So we do have the offensive team on the field. I bet we're very overbought short term. Okay. Uh, the, the over the counter index. So the smaller names are actually up more. Uh, they, they're at 29.8%, but they're, they're actually leading their, their big, uh, big capitalized, capitalized brothers. And the world index uh, turned up, uh, it was up 3.7% to 35. So they're all in a column of O's. They're all in great field position. And I'm just going to stress that short term, we've come a long way. So what you want to see is things come back to you, okay? And as they come back to you, then you pay closely uh, cl- close attention to it. Now, 
The other thing is uh, that the high-low index, number of new highs versus new highs, uh, lows, are all below 50. And, you know, they got to a record low. Uh, so there's still a good time to buy things, especially, you know, buy on weakness is what I've always said. So, look, um, we, there was a lot of talk about index funds this week because John Bogle died. And, and one of the things that he never did was put together a equal weight index. And the equal weight index has outperformed the S&P 500 by about three percentage points uh, over, you know, pretty much a uh, 10-year period. And to give you an idea, that's a, I mean, it's a huge gain. It's, uh, you wouldn't believe <laughs> um, the the extra money you make on, on equal weight. We've been talking about that for forever now. Um, and, and so it's, it's something that, uh, you know, as I say, Active managements, it's hard to find good ones, but when you find them and they can beat the S&P 500 pretty regularly, I mean, look, for five years, you had a negative return on the S&P 500, okay? A negative av- average return from the S&P 500. So what's so great about that? Um, you know, but you've got to find them. That's the hard part. You've got to find them. That's all. Uh, look, there's a difference between equal weight and cap weight have implications for top-line returns most of the time. So you just got to remember that. And if you... If you can get your 401k people to get an equal weight, we've been trying to get one in our place, and we finally did. Uh, it's a good idea. Um, but the, the the difference in the performance of communication sector alone is 8.4 percent versus 7.6. It's a it's a big difference. In and I'm just talking about the last year now. Okay, so uh, it's something to think about anyway. Um, most of the indexes still look good long-term. They were very overbought. Now they're kind of oversold. But the momentum went positive in the Dow this week, and it went uh, in some of the foreign markets too. Um, the uh, mid-cap and small-cap went positive last week. Uh, the QQQs went positive last week. And now we've had the equal weight and the capitalization weight uh, of the S&P 500 go positive. So that's all good. Um you know, I was looking at the uh, international markets, and the one group uh, was the biggest mover on the upside with a gain of 1.5% was the uh, emerging markets. And I've been talking about these, you know, looking like a double bottom. Uh, the, the, the other thing is the uh, iShare small cap index has a gain of 6.65%, which blows the uh, S&P away. And uh, so there's you know, small caps, the Santa Claus rally is working. Uh, we talked about that for a while. As a result of uh, some of the action, the relative strength chart of the S&P 500 versus the core bond fund returned to a column of X's this week. So it's better to be in stocks and bonds is what we're trying to tell you. Uh, and that wasn't the case for uh, the last month, uh, three months of uh, the year. So uh, international, if I look at the international equities, the EEM is, is still the star uh, that I see. And it looks like it's made a double bottom. So be interesting to see, you know, where we go with this. Uh, uh, but the, you know, the major uh, market ETFs, uh, if you're looking at them, that you had the Dow Jones was top on the list, but the EEM was the second on the list. And then, you know, uh, the, the international stocks held the next three positions, then it was the mid cap and small cap, and then the QQQ. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, look, on a, the QQQs went from a negative 40 to a positive 20 on the charts, on the sine curves. That's a big move in uh, nine days. So there we go. Uh, we we did we did look over the uh, you know we talked about uh, three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago that we looked at the bullish percent and the and the sine curve for all the groups. Okay. And of the 50 groups, we had 33 under uh, under 30. Uh, no, 38 under 30. Uh, and we had like 12 at 30 and just one over it. We still only have three favorite sectors. They are electric utilities at 40, precious metals, and restaurants at 22. And the sign curve is still way to the left. So this could be an unprecedented buying opportunity. And I would suggest that you all take a look. Uh, we do we do have a couple stock groups that are in bulk and firms. Software, which we talked earlier, there's a lot of moving there. Building, that's something, you know, what people aren't realizing is, you know, the building stocks are getting hammered because interest rates are going up. Interest rates are down a half a percentage point. They're where they were before the election. Okay, so that's very positive. Uh, 
and and uh, at least we're building anyway. But we do have uh, like twenty six, twenty seven uh, groups that are under thirty, and that's where you want to buy them. Okay, um, generally that's where you want to buy them. So uh, don't forget that we we had a couple groups that reversed down, and that's media, household goods, and transports. But semiconductors went from unfavored to to average. Aerospace and software did the same thing. And then we had a couple groups that were completely uh, out of favor, uh, have gone to uh, just, you know, fairly out of favor in the oil services, non-ferrous metals and protection services. You want to look for them to to make the next move. And if we get back to the EEM again, you know, one of the things that we have to talk about is Brazil. We talked about that last week and how Brazil broke out. And it it broke out big, you know. I mean, if you looked at uh, any one of the, let's take the iShare uh, Brazilian ETF. I, I looked at about 10 of them. They all did the same thing. But, you know, uh, they were sitting around 36 at the at the last day of the year, uh, and they're now at 43. That's a big move. That's what's affecting the EEM. And what has Brazil done? They've moved to the right. <laughs> They've moved to the right. So the lefties have, have uh, lost uh, for the time being there, and the market likes a lot. Uh, isn't that interesting? Now, the 10-year yield... Uh, or the 30-year yield, which broke down terribly, uh, has has rebounded and broke a double top. Uh, right, at, it's around 3.075 right now. Uh, and, you know, five weeks ago we mentioned preferred securities, and then four weeks ago we mentioned preferred securities, and they have the best score, the best improvement score uh, of uh, of all of the groups. Uh, what I thought was really interesting was municipals held up the best. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about municipals last year. Very interesting. So crude oil has been positive for three weeks. Uh, you know, it went from 43 to up to, you know, it's around 52 now. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, West Texas crude now. Uh, gold's been positive for seven weeks. The Some of the indexes have been uh, positive for three or four weeks. Uh, copper's been negative for five weeks again. Yet uh, there's a lot of option plays in, you know, in, in some of the copper players. So uh, very interesting. Gold, like I said, is right at its downtrend line. And if, if it breaks through here, I think it could be a big, big move. So uh, I, I am noticing that a lot of the gold stocks, a gold group, or gold ETFs, and gold mutual funds are still oversold. They're not, they're not you know, they're not hugely overbought. Now, the palladium, palladium went kind of parabolic. So, uh, you know, that we talked about that last week. So stay away from that, I guess, right at the moment. As far as relative strength buy signals, remember what we're trying to do is take this big economy, move it down to names that you can take a look at. And, you know, we're trying to add the technicals with the fundamentals. All right. And so, you know, if we get it right that way, you'll probably make a lot more money than just buying the fundamentals. Uh, You know, we were talking about, I was talking to a gentleman Friday and he talked about the stock that's down. It was $180 stock is now 60. And I said, well, you know, how good are you at catching a falling knife? He laughed. He said, you got a point there. But, you know, sometimes you may be good at it. Not every time. All right. So the buys. So this is these are names you want to jot down. And, and you know, things are going well for them right now. But you got to do your homework. You, you know, I'm not saying buy these. I'm just saying write them down. Clearwater Paper, Genie Energy, Photronics, StarTech, uh, Smart Financial, and Gannett. But Gannett is a takeover. So uh, on the sell side, this is where you want to check your your uh, your fundamentals. Frontline. Insulate Corporation, SEI Investments, Constellation Brands, you know, uh, they had a terrible earnings report, uh, Navigator Holdings, and Clearway Energy. So uh, those those are some names where you better, you know, sharpen your pencil a little bit, do a little bit more homework. Uh, that You know, the, the relative strength's telling you that something's wrong. Uh, so be wary. You know, by the way, sometimes I've seen some of those companies get taken over too. So, hey, we'll be right back with Insiders. This is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Martin Vester Show. Once again, if you'd like to hear. Uh, you know, the rest of the show, uh, and you missed it, you know, you can always go to the local podcast at WHK 1420 AM. 
uh, hit local podcasts. Go to Tim Hayes. Uh, you know, you can hear the podcast. You can also go to my webpage directly from there. So if you want the materials we talked about, uh, you know, please, please let us know. Uh, if you want to have coffee, talk about your portfolio, call me, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Okay, so um, <laughs> I look at insiders quite regularly. Uh, now, they, they were dead wrong in the, in the third quarter. <laughs> Uh, fourth quarter, I'm sorry. Uh, and I don't have – insider buying has dried up. So here we have a big market move, and the insiders have stopped. Hmm. I do have a few, though. Uh, liquidity Services. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of uh, – Liquidity Services is a, uh, a retailer, and his name is Bill Angrick, and uh, he's chairman of the board, and he's been – you know, he's got 5.2 million shares. Okay. So he's got a lot of stock and he, he bought 27,000 uh, or 26,000 shares the other day. The key is that 21 buyers bought between 6,000 and 20,000 shares. So we have 22 buyers buy and all these guys have pretty good sized positions in it already. So that's liquidity services, uh, which is a, it's a, uh, a retailer that uh, obviously takes liquid, you know, liquidizes uh, companies' uh, inventory. And then here's another one that's really interesting. This you know, I haven't even talked about this stock in a long, long time. And that's Genworth Financial. Uh, Jim Rippey, who is the CEO, bought 2.746 million shares, and we had seven others buy 1.679 million shares. That's a ton of stock, folks. And I looked up these guys, and they all have a lot of it already, uh, which I think is very, very interesting. Um, so uh, there's another company called Altamune. Now, this is like a $2.60 stock, but uh, and the, the chief science officer bought 30,000, and eight others bought twenty to 30,000 shares. So uh, what I was looking for is multiple buyers this week, and I think that's kind of interesting. Now, look uh, – I talked about the advanced decline line. I'm going to go over this again because I think it's kind of important. Um, you know, this is an indicator that our friends at Dorsey Wright have been watching for a long, long time. But, you know, it's, it's, they actually changed it so it's a little bit of a new one. Uh, it, it currently sits over 70. You may recall it was, it was below 30 just uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> All right. And when we've had moves like this, well, first of all, the method of calculating the advanced decline line index is different from other advanced decline indicators you, you've seen. Okay. So, uh, such as like an advanced decline line. Uh, the, the indicators are cumulative in nature. Uh, you know, so each day the number of declinings are subtracted from the number of advancing as, uh, to arrive at the, the net number. Okay. So the, the index, on the other hand, is more akin to the bullish percent or a high-low chart. So it's an absolute maximum value of 100 and absolute minimum value of zero. So like the BP and the high-low indexes, the, it measures participation or breadth. So what we're saying is breadth was heavy here. So now, unlike the bullish percent, uh, when we see reversals up from below 30%, uh, as a bullish sign, a reversal down from 70 is warning. Uh, reversals up from extremely washed out levels have historically been good buying opportunities, obviously. It's when it's reached a typically high level that we see abnormally large returns in the periods that follow. And that's what's weird here. So if you look, when this occurs, when you go from below 30 to above 70, uh, and usually get a pullback, okay? But the average return over the next 12 12 months has has averaged 16.78%. The median is 18.8. The high has been 42%. Uh, the low is uh, 40, uh, negative 40, uh, and that was in uh, 1973. And, and basically that was the uh, nifty 50 stuff. So uh, when this occurs, you got to pay attention. And, um, you, you know, usually the next 12 months are good. You just got to take it with a grain of salt because – Look, we're, we're at a level right now where we have a quite, quite a bit of resistance. It's the level we broke down from right before Christmas. This was where, you know, the Fed raised rates and then the next day they shut down the government. Uh, 
timing was terrible in both of them. And uh, so we that's when we really started to drop. So we're right back to that level. So it'll be interesting to see if we get through. Uh, you know, there's a there's a declining, um, you know, a downtrend line that if we got through, I'd be very happy. But I don't think we're going to get through the first time. That's my humble opinion. Uh, and and so, you know, you, between 2,400 and 2,500, uh, 24,500, I mean, 24,000 and 24,500, there's a lot of resistance. So uh, we're right at major resistance on the S&P. And uh, we did break through a little bit on uh, on the uh, uh, NASDAQ. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Now, if I looked at most in- improved scores of groups, Latin America, Brazil again, was number one. The Internet was number two. Biotechnology was number three. And the Middle East, Africa was number four. And then emerging market income, we talked about that. Technology, healthcare, financials. And remember I said the financials would lead us out of here. It does look like they're doing that. Uh, Charles Schwab had a great quarter. Goldman Sachs had a great quarter. Morgan Stanley had a less than great quarter. J.P. Morgan had a pretty good quarter. Bank America blew the cover off the ball. So um, I said that the financials lead the way, and I, I think that's the case. Now, look, I look at some oscillators, and uh, remember we talked right before Christmas. Uh, actually, I think it was the Saturday before Christmas about the McQuellen oscillator being at negative 125, and I said, don't get too bearish. Well, now it's at plus 94, down from uh, plus 125. So now I don't want I don't want you to get too bullish short term. Okay, I want you to be very very bullish long term. But I think uh, you know the summation index went from negative eleven hundred to zero. Okay, well it's actually negative twenty seven. I should say so. We'll just call it zero for good luck. So that's a big big move in a very short period of time. It's very very positive, by the way, if you look at the history of the McQuellen summation index. Uh, but Usually when you get that overbought very quickly, uh, you know, you, you get oversold fairly quickly right after that too. So look, last year we talked about it was the worst ever. We had 93% of the assets had a negative total return. So it, asset allocation did not work. It's the second time in a decade uh, it didn't work. It, a matter of fact, two years in a row it didn't work in 2007, 2008. And so here again, 2018, it did not work again. So if you asset allocated, you got beat up. And uh, uh, bonds, you're probably, you know, I mean, unless the bond was, you know, guys were short the market, which, you know, uh, some guys have the opportunity to do that. But if you were in a long-only bond uh, portfolio, and especially if you have leverage, which some guys use to enhance the yield, a lot of the ETFs use this, by the way, uh, you got burnt. <laughs> it's that simple. Now, look, uh, I, I, I'm a long-term investor, and sometimes when I get when things like this happen, I, I kind of sit back and say, uh, oh, man, this is going to be great. And my humble opinion is on the next pullback. You want to be all in. OK, now this is Tim Hayes's opinion. This is not RBC's opinion, but I think you want to just go go through your, you know, find the best stocks. You you know, the stocks you've always wanted to own and be all in. Uh I think 2019 will be kind of a wishy-washy year, and I think 2020 could be a, a big, big move. Uh, now, the question, my question is, is it going to be value or growth that leads the way? And it's rare to have growth outperform for 10 years uh, without value kicking in for a while. Uh, so I just don't know what's going to lead, and that's what I'm looking to, to figure out. Uh, you know, look, 5G is a great idea. And I think I'd be uh, I'd be looking at that very very closely. If you don't know those names, I know them. Uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to tell you uh, if you're not a client. So you know, don't call and ask the names. Uh, do your own homework. But there are some really really good names out there, and uh, so I, I think you know there's a lot of names on the dividend growth portfolio for those of you who are retired or are looking to retire in ten years, which are going to be phenomenal investments over the next ten years. I think our best idea list is great. And I think the small caps, you know, if they are going to stop raising rates, the small caps could have a couple breakout years. So, uh, you know, I just think if, if we get this pullback I've been talking about for some time, uh, we, we want to look. Um, the other thing is emerging markets. It's, you know, almost 50% of the move in emerging markets. Yeah. You know, let's just take the EEM, EEM okay, which is the, uh, the, uh, uh, Morgan Stanley corporate uh, market free index is what they call it. Um, 
you know, nice double bottom on the stock and, and, and looking good. And, you know, Brazil is the winner. Okay. So look, you got a challenging market, uh, because it went down very fast and it's gone back up. If you're looking for your retirement money, it demands that you buy quality and you buy dividends, the dividend growth portfolio. The prime income list is some really good names on there, but I don't want you going out and buying utilities right now. Remember, we talked about utilities and REITs back in April. They're up a lot now. Our consumer staples are up a lot now. That's what we talked about back then. And by the way, you can check if I talked about it. You can go, you can go on the podcast and go back to April and that you'll, you'll see that I was talking about it back then. So look, you got the dogs of the Dow. That's, you know, I'd still buy those on the next pullback. Uh, you know, that's the top five highest yielding stocks in the Dow. I've got, a, I've got the whole list, but when everybody's pessimistic, like we were two weeks ago, you want to get bullish. When everybody's bullish, you want to get pessimistic. Okay. So here's what I'd be doing. I'd be looking at, uh, our 2019 best ideas. I'd be looking at dividend growth portfolio. I would get the technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference information. Um, and 5G is coming, you know, just like they say in that certain TV show, winter is coming. 5G is coming. The, the cable companies are not prepared. The telecoms are sort of compared. But, you know, like I said, there's a way of keeping the government out of your 5G world. And nobody nobody's talking about it. Okay. And all these companies are private and they're going to start being taken over like, you know, like crazy uh, because they can hide. You know, they turn a light wave into particles. <laughs> anyway, that's all I'm going to give you. It's the weekend, folks. It's supposed to get really cold, really windy, really snowy. Uh, you know, stay home, get your shopping done, and uh, do a do a house project or something like that. But be safe. Uh, remember, you know, you can you can uh, call me for a, a cu- cup of coffee at eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. That's eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Tim Hayes, Smart Investor Show. Buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.